Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. You know, as we walk through life, oftentimes we'll find ourselves in a desert kind of place, a place that feels desolate and lonely and harsh and maybe even unfamiliar. Have you ever been in a place like that? I know I have been. Remember when Israel was led out of Egypt and how God led them into the desert? And remember there were times when they complained about how harsh the desert was and they wanted to escape and go back to Egypt. The very place they had cried out to God to deliver them from. (laughs) We're kind of like that too, aren't we? When we find ourselves in the desert of life, we feel the compulsion to escape and run to a more familiar landscape. But, you know, we need to resist those temptations. Why? Because it's in the deserts of life, those dry, desolate, lonely places that God can do some of his very best work in our lives. When Israel came out of Egypt and walked into the desert, well, God needed to teach them an entire new way of life. You see, Israel was captive in Egypt for 400 years and During that time, they had lost their connection, their heritage with God. And so it's kind of like they had to start all over again with them. God had to start over with them again. He had to teach them kind of like children that he would be their father and they could trust him and that he would provide for all of their needs and that they they had to submit to him and to his leadership and obey his rules. But, you know, God needed a desert for them to learn those lessons in. They needed to feel thirst so that God could show them that he would become living water for them. They needed to feel hunger so that God could show them that he would be their manna from heaven. They needed to feel the storms to realize that he would be their shelter. You see, without the harshness of of the desert, They could have never learned those lessons, and they would have continued depending upon themselves to meet their needs. In some ways, the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness before he started his earthly ministry was kind of like a redo of the 40 years Israel spent in the wilderness. Jesus faithfully endured the temptation, the dangers, and the fasting. In order to model something for us, he was giving us an example of how to faithfully navigate the ups and downs of life and how we can do the same thing today. In 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul encourages us to learn from the example of Israel when they were in the wilderness and not to do the same thing they did. In fact, I want to read that passage for you uh, as Paul uh, outlined it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It begins in verse 1. For for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in in the wilderness. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not 
desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the age has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Those are wonderful words of instruction, aren't they? And as we walk through our own deserts of life, that might be a good passage to go to. The pandemic we've been dealing with is kind of a wilderness that has uprooted us from the familiar things of life. And we're in kind of a waiting space, aren't we? Wondering what's next. When will next arrive? How will this new life be? And in addition to the wilderness we're all experiencing, some have experienced the wilderness of loss in, in other ways as well. The loss of perhaps a loved one or perhaps the loss of a job or the loss of freedom and friendship and relaxation. And it's in this wilderness that we're learning how to trust God for the next. And, and it's, it's as we walk through our desert, we might find ourselves with all kinds of questions, and many times we're left with silence. For a minute, let's just think about the days after the crucifixion of Christ and what the disciples of Jesus must have been feeling in those hours. I mean, they had been following him and watching him as he pro provided miracles uh, for people and he met needs that nobody else could meet, and he provided food and comfort, and his teaching was unlike they had ever heard before. And now, well, he's gone. And all of the excitement is, is over, and they're left in, what, silence. Must have been an eerie feeling. I read recently that a dark night of the soul is not the suffering itself, but the silence that is present as we wait for something new, something unrevealed. The silence can be deafening unless we're able to rest in it, knowing that the pattern of death to life is surely at work. Now for the children of Israel, they understood there was a destination, right? Well, they still struggled, but for the disciples of Jesus on that first Saturday between the cross and the resurrection, uh, apparently, there was just a whole lot of disbelief. The disciples of Emmaus, remember, they made their plans to go back home. And the eleven, they gathered together in, in an upper room, and they had hardened their hearts. Mark 16, 14 says, Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Now, as we walk through our own desert, 
we might also find ourselves in a place of disbelief, even hardening our hearts, struggling to keep an open, trusting heart. And it's in those moments that we might realize that we've been trusting our own understanding rather than trusting God himself. You see, we want to know. We want to grasp what's happening. And it's in those moments that we need to recall the words of Psalm 22, words that follow the cry of feeling of being forsaken. The psalmist writes, after he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel in your, in, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. Now let me ask you, when you're in those silent desert places, can you just pause for a minute and let go of your own understanding and move more toward trust? And don't move too quickly. In fact, feel the weight of not knowing and then rest in the one who does know, the one who holds your life. Can you sit with that word yet from Psalm 22? If you can, it'll lead you into a freedom in the empty space that makes what's coming even more profound. Jacques Philippe in Interior Freedom suggests, it is natural and easy to go along with pleasant situations that arise without choosing them. It becomes a problem, obviously, when things are unpleasant, go against us, make us suffer. But it, it is precisely then that in order to become truly free, we are often called to choose to accept what we did not want and even what we would not have wanted at any price. There is a paradoxical law of human life here. One cannot become truly free unless one accepts not always being free. To achieve true interior freedom, we must train ourselves to accept peacefully and willingly plenty of things that seem to contradict our freedom. That means consenting to our personal limitations, our weaknesses, our powerlessness, this or that situation that life imposes on us, and so on. Wow, those are profound words, are they not? And so in the desert that you find yourself in right now, will you just stop and reflect on all the ways you are in between incomplete, unknowing, and as you do so, realize that you're in that place because something has died and you're being led to stop fighting and stop avoiding and stop resisting. And when you do, you can accept the emptiness because it means that God has graciously allowed the death. Thomas Merton wrote, no despair of ours can alter the reality of things or stain the joy of the cosmic dance, which is always there. We are invited to forget ourselves on purpose, cast our awful solemnity to the winds, and join in the general dance. And so today, we're waiting with hope and trust on the edge of our seats for the dance floor to open. And then tomorrow, 
while we dance. And maybe we can even tap our foot a bit as we know what's coming. And even though we don't control the music, we know who does. Thanks for listening today. Join me again next week, and I hope you'll invite a friend to listen in with you.